Hello, and welcome to the Child Care Business Coach Podcast. My name is Evelyn Knight. I am the owner of Child Care Business Professionals, which is a company that helps child care business owners and directors learn how to lead teams, structure their organizations, and really just learn how to become business people and run a thriving business. Many owners and directors don't understand the ins and outs of running a business, and they don't understand how important it is for the health of a child care center to have strong business practices. So that's where we really come in to help. We really help you to learn how to be a business person. I was once a business leader that didn't know anything about business and didn't know how to run a business. And my center really suffered. So I set on a journey to learn a lot. I hired a coach, I read a lot of books, took a lot of classes. And now I have a thriving center, because I know how to think like a business person. And I have the mind of a business person. So if that's something you need help with, be sure to reach out to us. You can schedule a consult with me and I would be happy to talk to you about really learning how to become a business owner. So today I have a couple things. I do also have an announcement. My friend Future Kane is going to be joining me for the month of July in the live videos that I broadcast every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are going to be discussing and going over um, what it means to have equity and inclusiveness through social emotional learning. She's going to be doing a series for us. And I think it's important to understand that when we're talking about equity and inclusiveness, this is a really broad subject, which does actually talk about special needs children. Um, We will talk about race and diversity. But I think it's important to note that it isn't just about race and diversity. This is also about children with special needs, even if it's as minor as ADHD. How are we helping these children? How are we making it easier for our teachers to help these children and our staff members when a lot of our centers are not equipped to deal with this, right? But there isn't a lot out there. So we are going to be doing an entire series through the month of July every Monday. So if you're not a part of my Facebook group, or if you need links to my YouTube channel, make sure to check out the show notes, everything will be in there. And I'll also include futures email address because she is actually going to be working with clients one-on-one if you need help in your center to really learn how to make it a more equitable, inclusive center. Uh, And I will actually be recording some of our presentations for the podcast. So I'll kind of use it for dual purpose, where I will be doing some of the presentations in our podcast too. But be sure to join us live because then you can interact and ask us questions and really become a part of the conversation. So again, I will have that in the group. My group's name is the Child Care Business Coach. So if you just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Child Care Business Coach, you should be able to find us. But I will put a link in the show notes for you to make it a little bit easier. So today we're going to talk about the state that we are in right now. If you're listening in the future, we are in, it's either week 16 or 17 of dealing with this pandemic and the world is pretty chaotic. We are seeing riots happening all over the country in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement. And there's definitely a lot of exhaustion. People are upset and it's getting very tiring to run a child care center, whether you're an owner or a director, 
I am hearing from a lot of you out there who are just tired. And the other thing I'm noticing is our staff is getting tired. At my own center, which I didn't mention the introduction, I do own a child care center too. I am actively there a couple days a week. I have started to notice that my staff is getting tired. There is a feeling in my center that I really don't like right now. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how I am combating the overall fatigue and burnout. And by the way, just to put this into context, through the COVID crisis, we never closed. Many, many centers closed for weeks and some are still closed. The media is telling us that we are due for another surge also in the fall. So there is a lot of fear and uncertainty out there. And we really have to focus on taking care of our staff and our centers. And it can be really, really hard right now because we too are under so much stress and pressure It can be really hard for us right now to lose focus on the fact that our staff is under an immense amount of stress and pressure right now too. You can't turn on your TV or turn on the radio without without hearing something that is just really big and negative and overwhelming right now. So everybody is pretty tired. There's a lot of extra work for our staff right now also. The sanitation procedures are crazy. Most of us are doing drop-off and pickups that are curbside so parents can't come in the building, which limits the communication, especially if you don't have some kind of software that helps you communicate with your parents. There's a lot of extra work on top of just trying to nurture the children and do our normal everyday curriculum activities. So it can be really hard on our staff right now. Uh, For my staff too, they even are changing their shirts when they come in and they're wearing face masks and it's just hot and stressful. It's been over 100 degrees here. And so it does make for a very hard day, which I need to be aware of. I noticed that my staff was really starting to show signs of burnout and that there were some issues happening. So I just want to go through with you guys what I do how it looks for me and the things that I noticed. And I just started noticing that they were more tired than usual. They were snapping at each other more so than usual. There wasn't the laughter in my building. I normally see everybody, you can just see the fatigue on their faces. Well, if we're not careful, that will turn into some very upset and disgruntled employees. People in general have a very hard time compartmentalizing. So they their perspective tends to get jaded and they will start blaming the job. And normally things that they're okay with and things that they can handle, suddenly it just becomes compounded, right? They're coming in every day scared and stressed and tired and they know they've got to do all this extra work But it's very hard for a lot of people to focus on the temporary, that this is just temporary. This isn't forever. So one of the things that I always do is I'm always trying to acknowledge my staff and the hard work that they do. I'm always trying to acknowledge that I get it. I know it's hard. What we're asking of them right now is not fun. It sucks. It does. But it's necessary. So the first thing I have done in this situation was I called for a staff meeting and I really treated my staff meeting as a pep rally. It was all positive. I gave out some bonuses and cash to get them excited. And I just uh, really just tried to be a cheerleader. I pointed out to them 
not this is temporary. I asked them to remember what it was normally like, like a year from now, what did our center look like? And I reminded them that what we're going through right now isn't going to last forever. I don't know how long it's going to last. It could be some few more months, but it isn't going to last forever. And I helped them to focus back on our vision and why we're doing this. I told them about uh, how I deal with it because it's it's hard for me as an owner, director, it is very, very hard. And it's very stressful not knowing when are our numbers going to pick up? Are we going to have a resurgence in the fall again? Are my numbers going to go back to 30% of my capacity? How are we going to get through this? Uh, should I get loans just in case? Uh, there's just so much. And I, w- I explained to them that as management, we have to look at the entire center. They tend to see just their classroom the amount of children they have and what they're going through. I pointed out to them that as management, we have to look at all of our employees and all 190 of our families. And we have to be juggling all of that. So not only are we focusing on their problems, but we're also focusing on all six of my classrooms and 190 parents. So I told them this not to make them feel like, oh, my job is harder than yours, but to help them get the perspective so that if sometimes they feel like I'm not moving fast enough for them, I don't want them to feel like I'm neglecting them or that I'm not taking them seriously. I'm just trying to help them to see the perspective that I have to prioritize based on necessity, right? And just getting them to understand and see the big picture. And that is something I actually told them. I did tell them that, you know, this isn't to make you guys think that I have it any worse. I just want you guys to understand that sometimes if you come to me with a problem, it may take me a while to get to it because I do have 190 families that are coming to me. I have six classrooms that are coming to me, over 20 staff members, and I need to prioritize basically on who has the greatest need and work my way down. And right now, everybody has a need. So I told them that doesn't mean that their needs and problems are not extremely important. They are. But my job is to protect my center. Number one job. So when I'm prioritizing things, the first thing I look at is which one of these items can have a major impact on my center as a whole. And then I go from there. So I think it was really helpful explaining this to my staff and helping them to see the bigger picture. The other thing is just helping them to keep a positive outlook on what's happening and just really focusing, staying future focused, not on the now. That is just so hard right now, staying focused on the now. So I really want them to stay future focused. One of the exercises I gave them to do is I told them that what helps me get through these times when I'm just overwhelmed and there's mornings I don't want to get out of bed is I zero in on one or two families that I know we are making a difference in their life. So I will pick just a child or, you know, a family or two. Right now I'm picking two families that total five children. And I just know that staying open through this entire pandemic was really the difference for these children and these families. I know that these families are really just on the edge. They're not abusive per se, but the stress level in their homes is so high that I could see 
the parents cracking under pressure and things turning pretty negative fast if the they were forced into an environment where they were just stuck alone in quarantine with their children for, you know, a couple weeks, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, which is really sad, but it is the reality of the world we live in. And I'm sure right now there's a lot of children out there who have suffered from abuse because they are stuck at home. Tensions are high as already. So now you add quarantine to that and you can't get out. You st- people start going stir crazy, having cabin fever, and you have a recipe for abuse cases to go up. That's why domestic violence is up and different things. The scary thing for children is that when they're stuck at home with their children, their parents, how are they going to report it? So child abuse cases reporting are down right now. But is that realistic? Of course not. It's because the children have no way of reporting it right now. They're stuck with their abusers. And that is what keeps me going is knowing that there's just two families in particular that are being open can probably save those children and the family from not going over that edge. They're not there right now and they're doing a good job managing. But I can just see putting one more thing on their shoulders. And we also have to keep in mind like how much when you go into quarantine and a parent can't work, right? Now their income is down. They can't afford to provide. So not only do they have the stressors of being stuck at home like that, but now they also have the stressors of not being able to pay their bills. And a lot of times when situations like that, people do turn to alcohol. And in my area, we do see a lot of people turning to drugs and alcohol, right? So it's something else I think about a lot. If I'm open and these people aren't struggling for childcare, they don't have that. It's that extra weight that's not on their shoulders that would be right. If they can't work because they can't find childcare, then now it's like, you know, the weight of the world comes on their shoulders. And if they're already in a volatile situation, it can push them that much more over the edge. So between these two families, I do just constantly think about them. And whenever I have a hard time, I wake up at three in the morning, that just seems to be my time to think. And I wake up and I just think about what's going on. I always remind myself and I tell myself the children's names and I like force myself to just picture those children. And I tell them, this is why you're doing this. They need you right now and you can keep going for them. And throughout my history as an owner, it's something I've always done. I always zero in on a certain child or children in my center, and they're the ones that get me through. They're really there every day. And I'm sure as I say this, you guys have somebody who popped into your head, right? So as I was talking about this in our staff meeting, one of my teachers actually brought up that for her, it's actually one of our grandparents. So it's interesting that she didn't pick a child. Specifically, she picked this grandparent who is now in the position where he has to be the father. It doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as you zero in on that person that motivates you, that is what's important is finding that one person that fulfills your vision, your why, and gives you a bigger meaning on why you're doing this. It's your life's purpose. If you're not in childcare because it's your life's purpose, if you're not in leadership, I should say, in childcare, then this probably isn't the right field for you. This isn't 
the type of field that you can get into to get rich quick to really just like, you know, have a high level career, it is has to be a passion. And so I hope that you guys have have a good clear vision on why you do this. And if you don't, I do have another podcast episode that is about vision and how important it is in our field. And right now it's more important than ever because your vision is what can get you out of bed every day and keep you going. So if you've been following me for a while, I talk about my vision all the time. And my vision even comes through to this business, my podcast, my childcare business professionals podcast. My vision is that all children, regardless of their socioeconomic status, has the opportunity to go to high quality childcare programs. Part of the reason I started this business too, because I can only affect so many children within my own centers. But if I'm coaching other owners, and if other owners become members of my organization, and I can show them how to become profitable, how to maintain a healthy business, and still serve communities where children couldn't really afford to go to high quality, then my vision is becoming so much bigger, right? It's so much better. And that's what keeps me going through these rough times. That's really what keeps me motivated and keeps me making these podcasts when things are really hard and I'm tired. Uh, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know that my husband has end-stage kidney disease, so I'm dealing with the dialysis on top of all the COVID stuff and just all the doctor's appointments I drive him to. He can no longer drive. He had a couple strokes in uh, December and January, so he's not capable of driving anymore. I basically am running two businesses and caring for him. And even though he's doing great, I can't say that he's not. He's recovered so well from his strokes. But all of this on my shoulders does make me really tired too. And that's where I use my vision to really keep me motivated and going. And that's why I can really keep my mindset in a positive place because I just keep focusing myself back. And that's something that I train my staff on. It's something I really focus on through staff meetings. I make videos for them, different things like that, and just try to keep them positive, motivated, and future focused in order to help combat that burnout. But this time I noticed that the burnout was a bigger issue than what it has been in the past. And I realized after doing my last staff meeting that my normal techniques were not going to be enough. I needed to do more. So a little bit more of what we're doing, it wasn't just the staff meeting, whatnot. We have been giving out bonuses like hazard pay. We got our families to really show the staff appreciation by posting things on Facebook about how hard they work, how great they're doing, and just to keep them going. And what ended up happening for a long time for about two straight months, actually, is we had lunch catered in or breakfast every day for about two months for the staff as a thank you from a different family. So literally a different family every day paid to have lunch or breakfast catered in to the staff. So I've made sure that they know they're appreciated. I also brought every single one of them into my office individually thanked them for the work they're doing, acknowledged the fact that I know how hard this is right now. And I asked them, what do they need? Is there anything you need from us? What is it that's hard? How can we help? What can we do? 
and just try to give them like an individualized time to hear them. So those are more of my normal techniques, right? When I start noticing that my center's in distress, things aren't going well with my staff and things are just high tension. But after the staff meeting, I just noticed that, okay, this is still, there's still something not quite right. So I decided that I'm going to have to do more. And I'm at that point right now where I'm looking at, okay, so what more do they need? And what I really do think they need is rest above and beyond their normal vacation time. So the next thing I'm putting into place to really help is I will be actually giving each of them extra time off. And I am going to probably be doing mental health days off every month for the ones who worked throughout all of COVID or allow them to choose like, do they want to take an extra three or four days off? You know, since what we're in July now, so we have five more months out of the year, I could either let them take an extra day off for the rest of the year or give them an extra three to five days off at one time to just kind of recharge and reinvigorate. So and I might end up doing both. I might honestly give them like an extra two days off so they can have a four day weekend and give them a mental health day every month because right now they need it. And I have an awesome staff. I don't want to lose them, but it's very important for me as an owner and for all of you out there to really watch this stuff, because if we don't, we will have high turnover right now. We are in a position where the grass starts looking greener and we need to make sure that our staff knows that we see them, we hear them, we know how hard it is and the grass isn't greener because they're not going to have another boss that cares as much as I do. And I've worked at centers, I've worked for corporate and private, I know out there that what it's like. So my main goal is to show them how much I do care about them, each individual one of them, and how important they are to my team. But sometimes just saying it isn't enough. And that's what I'm learning right now through this crisis, that I need to do more, which I thought I was honestly doing more by giving them the bonus money, by having food catered in, by doing all of the acknowledging that I do, by talking to them. But all of that doesn't give them rest. And that's the problem right now. They need rest. So that is my plan. And I really, really urge you as owners or directors to watch your staff look for the signs of burnout. Do not place blame on them. If you have a staff member who is normally a great staff member, they're normally with it, they normally get things done, they're normally your go-to person, and suddenly they start dropping the ball and just not acting the way they should, I really, really encourage you not to get so frustrated with them, not to start placing blame, but ask why. You need to ask why before you lose a very good staff member do some soul searching, you know, look into yourself. Have you been losing your temper with them more? Have you been harder to work for, right? What else is going on in their life? Maybe their spouse is laid off. Maybe life is just very overwhelming right now for them. Talk to them, try and figure it out. Some of them will have a very hard time opening up and telling you. So do some digging, ask questions, ask them what it's like and try to get them to be honest and talk to you. But when you start noticing this, give them the extra time off. Keep in mind that their normal vacation time is usually 
planned out in advance, right? And it's stuff that they're going to need or want to do. So I really didn't feel comfortable having them use their normal vacation time right now for this. I really felt like I needed to give them more. They have stepped up and worked so hard through this. I don't want to take that normal time away from them. I That's why I'm giving them extra days. I want to add to it so that they still can use their vacation time for what they wanted to at the beginning of the year. I don't want to take away from that. I think that's very, very important. And also to acknowledge that I understand that this is hard and that they need the mental health time. I also want them to understand that they need the mental health time. They, I don't want them to be in denial about that. So giving them that extra time and telling them that I'm giving it to them for mental health should help. And we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated if that helps and helping them to see what they really need to nurture themselves. And I will actually be giving them suggestions on things they can do to nurture themselves, getting some books they can read and different things like that. And I don't know, maybe even buying them massages and stuff to help. So I hope this was helpful for you. As always, if you have any questions, you feel free to reach out to me on uh, our Facebook group is the best page to reach out to me. You can message me through there or send me an email. I do check my emails daily. And I also just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about our membership. So I know our membership has been helping so many people. In the last month, I've had three different owners who have approached me and told me that thanks to their work with me, they've decided not to shut down their center they're doing well, and they're confident enough to keep going and not to shut down and lose their business. So if you're interested in becoming a member of my group, let me know. And you can always check out my program at childcarebusinessprofessionals.com. If you become a member of my group, you have access to all of the documents that I have out there. I've created actually over 800 documents for my childcare center. Every Tuesday, I meet with a group over Zoom and I teach on something. Right now, we're working on new hire trainings. I just finished a series, which actually is recorded and available to all my members on how to recruit and the hiring process. And again, all of my recordings are up. I have hours worth literally of trainings that are available All of my Tuesday teachings are recorded. So if a member cannot make it live, they can watch the replay. On Thursdays, I actually also jump on Zoom and I have open office hours where any of my members can jump on, ask me questions and get help from me. On Wednesdays, Christina Richmond, who is my financial advisor, actually does a class on finances every Wednesday for all my members. And then each one of my members also gets a 30-minute call every month in order to connect with me or my director, Brandy. And we just help coach you through whatever you're struggling on, help you create a monthly goal and keep you accountable for that goal. So if this is something you'd be interested in, I would love to chat with you. You can schedule a consultation with me. One of my favorite parts about our membership program is that you get to meet with owners and directors who have a whole range of experience, not just me. And I find that my members learn so much from each other. It's really, really cool how much they learn from each other and how much we input we get. The other really big benefit that we were talking about is I know as an owner and a director, sometimes you can feel very alone. It can be a very lonely position and you might feel like you're an island. This really helps in that. I've heard from so many of, especially my owners, and I know I was in that position too. You just get to talk to other people who are 
in the same boat as you're in. They have the same struggles. A lot of times they've already been through this and they really understand what you're going through, which is just so incredibly helpful. Bouncing ideas off of each other is just such a great blessing for me. So again, if you're interested, let me know and I will schedule a consult with you. And in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week and just keep taking care of the amazing children that are in your care. Bye, everybody.